seven. No, Gom cried. I won't let you. Don't get so heated, Stormfleet said. It won't be forever, just until you can change me back again. Wait, Haga said. Gom can make no such promise. Stormfleet tossed his head and shook out his mane. Did I ask for one? But I trust when he says you, he'll know how to do it. You trust too much, Haga said. The reversing spell is difficult and the outcome uncertain even in the best of circumstances. Frum! Stormfleet looked away. I'll risk it, even so. Good. Haga patted the Sito's neck, turned to go. I'll make the potion. She moved off back to the house. Stormfleet pushed Gom gently with his nose. Go, help your damp. But you... Gom stopped. The Sito's voice brooked no argument. Gom took off after Haga, caught her by the arm. The spell is reversible. I, in principle... Haga pulled free. What do you mean? As I said, it's not an easy one. She made to move on. Then there's no guarantee. And it could be years, years, before we'd have a chance to put it to the test. He blocked her path. What? he demanded fiercely. If I don't become a wizard, what then? Nay, in that case... Stormfleet would be the least of our worries, she said, pushing past him. Listen, your friend knows full well the risk, is ready to take it. His wish, not yours, is at issue here. He's a horse, mother, a horse. Haga turned on him. That makes him less fit to choose than you. It seems to me, son. That horse or no, your Sito lacks neither the ability to weigh his choices, nor the courage to act upon them. And what does that mean? Gom called after her. But Haga had gone in. In silence, Gom helped Haga light the stove, assemble all the right tools and ingredients. All his life he'd longed for this. And now? His jaw clamped tight. He remembered Stormfleet in the Solahin's moonlit pen, the beautiful and terrible dark form rearing over him, threatening to bring its hooves crashing down onto his head. Not there, not there, that the most wondrous horse in the world was to be changed into a decrepit nag. Do you have to make him so old and ugly? he demanded suddenly. Why not just different? A rune or a piebald or something? Haga's eyes flashed. Don't you think I would if I could? But that's a far more subtle magic, and there just isn't time. She gave him a dish to hold while she poured potions into it and stirred them together until the mixture began to smoke. The bruised stink brought hot bile into Gom's throat. 
his breakfast churning, he turned his face away. It's tipping gone, Hager said sharply. He righted the dish, his anger rekindling. You don't look one bit sorry. I can't afford to. If I don't concentrate, the mixture will mutate, and goodness knows what will happen when Stormfleet drinks it. Drinks? Gom stared down in horror. You expect it to taste like honey, considering its aim? Haga snapped. You can go back down now if you like. I'll finish alone. No, Gom said lamely. I'll stay. Good. She took the bowl from him. You see that bottle by your left elbow? Pull its stopper and pass it and be quick. Hager set the mixture aside to ferment. He must take it tonight, she said, by early starlight. She went to the crystal globe still on the table by the stove and cupped her hands about it, murmuring. Gom moved up behind her, watching, listening intently, trying vainly to catch her words. At last she straightened. Delayson's still not there. May I see? She moved aside. It was now, Gom saw, like looking into a fragile bubble. Within its bright depths bulged a stone chamber. Jumble of boxes, books and bottles. Taleisin's workshop. But no Taleisin. Never mind, Hager said. I'll keep trying. She made Gom a bath before the kitchen hearth, laying out clean pants that tied with a cord and a tunic of coarse cotton. My sleeping suit, Gom, she said. Not exactly what you might wear about Penlangoth, but they'll do until I've fixed your poor clothes. Give them here. Gom undressed, turned out his pockets, setting his treasures carefully on the kitchen table. The coins Carrick had given him to spend in Penlangoth's market. The little wooden box of tiny loader seeds. A gold flake, memento of his find under Windy Mountain. Hager picked up the box, turned it about. That's a piece of fine carving gum. Did your father make it? No, I did, Gom said proudly. The first good thing I ever made, father said. Look inside. Hager raised the lid, shook the tiny loader seeds lightly. What treasure, she said. To think you carry in your pocket the makings of a forest. Setting the box down again, she took up the flake and held it to the light. Ah, yes. The gold. Mandrick did his part right well. She smiled. And so did you, Gom, as I knew you would. Give me this flake, and I'll put it to good use. Gom nodded. For years he'd carried that bright token scored by Skeller's broad, flat thumbnail. Now at last, he thought in a rush of warm feeling, 
he could do something to please Hager and make up for his outburst. It's yours, mother. Take it. After his bath, they had elevenses. Then Hager sent Gom down to Stormfleet. I'll come soon, she said. But there are one or two things I have to do first. A couple of hours later, she joined them by the orchard and sat, her sewing basket open beside her, and began to mend his clean, dry breeches and the oversized shirt that Carrick had lent him. Gom lay back, gazing up into the blue sky, thinking of the stars invisible in the sun's bright fire. The fixed northern twins, Perilion the Wanderer, the seven realms of the heavens, bright necklace strung across the skies below the southern horizon. It still seemed strange to Gom that those tiny points of light should be big and hot as the sun, or whole worlds like Ulm only bigger. What did Ulm look like from those distant worlds? Too small for notice, probably. He snorted. Blob of dirt, indeed. He thought of the shining crystal stair, and the sky hall, and the wondrous crystal pillar, the tamarith, stargate that Jastra had set above the high varg, before Faramor, Yulkinter, or human walked the world. How old is Jastra, mother? Her needle paused. So it finally occurred to you. Her fingers moved on. I don't know. You see, time is different among the stars. For every day that passes up there, years go by down here, so Jastra says. I still can't see it quite. Gom sat up, stricken. And you're going? When you come back? I'll be old, dead even. No, she held up her rune. This holds my immortality sign. From the moment of your birth, it has worked its power even into your bones. That power will hold forever without the rune. You'll live as long as Stormfleet, barring accidents, and live long you must. Gom stayed motionless in the thrall of Hager's words. Immortality sign? He glanced to where Stormfleet stood grazing. He'd live as long as his friend. He let out a slow, quiet breath, remembering. And under the rune's enchantment, the child shall grow slowly and slowly like heart of oak, not counting the years as others. Now he understood why he'd not grown older as his brothers and sisters had. Why Stig had aged and died while Hager had remained the same. Immortality. Another gift of Hager. Of course, the gift had come with a price. Your long-lived tool, he murmured. But he was smiling. It didn't matter, 
She loved him, she'd said it, loved him more than she'd dreamed she would. He lay back down again and closed his eyes. Is Jastro more powerful than you? What makes you say that? Gom turned his head and looked at her. He sent you from the stair. And we don't have anything like that stair, and that sky hall, and the tamarith. Haga looked up from her sewing. I let myself be sent. I trust Jastra. We haven't those things, as you say, nor have we spread among the stars. She set the sewing down on her lap and fixed Gom squarely with her eye. So I admit they do seem a more powerful folk than we, but... Gom came up again. To make magic, Gom, really great magic, you need knowledge and the power of mind and will. A great wizard collects many tools and develops the strength to wield them. The spin rather, having the tamarith crystal, have come to rely on it alone, neglecting other tools and the schooling of their minds. This used not to be. When they first left Bayon for the other realms, they crossed the heavens in shining ships. But once they learned to use the Tamariths as stargates, they let those ships rot and lost their magic lore. On their worlds, Jastra tells me, they have the same means for making magic as we do, but they don't know how to use them. Without the Tree of Life, they have no magic, no power. Conversely, if Kalvod gets control of the Tamarith or Bayon, he'll wield power absolutely. Gom nodded slowly. He was beginning to see more clearly the threat of Kalvod, and that Haga, through her strength of will and versatility, was likely not only as powerful as Jastra or Kalvod, but even more so and that her magic might well prevail eventually against Kalvad and the Spoor. Katak had come to work Kalvad's will. But hadn't Hargus Rune broken Katak's seal spell and shut him in his own trap? The desire surged within Gom to be on his way, to start along his wizard's path, so that he and Haga could stand together against Lord Calvod and the Spoor. Meanwhile, as she had said, they must each take their separate ways. You will take care, Mother, won't you? She took up her sewing again. I'll try, Gom. I'll try. As the day drew to a close, Haga shook out her finished mending folded it, and stood. You can see Perilion now, she said, pointing skyward. Gom climbed to his feet and followed her direction. The wanderer, no longer overhead, had moved closer to the northern twins. 
The moving star certainly made those around it seem small and dim by comparison. It has a faint violet colour, he said. It looks very mysterious. The twins drew his eye. Two more bright spots growing brighter by the minute in the deepening sky. Gom pointed. Do they have names too? Aye. The left-hand star is called Frid, the right Munir. Frid, Munir, Gom repeated. They sound like people. All three stars, twins and perilion, formed a long, narrow triangle in the sky, like a sliver of cake, a sliver that would grow shorter and shorter for the next twenty-six nights, so Haga said until it condensed at last to a single brilliant point of light. Gom could see quite clearly the path that Perilion would take to reach the twins, the space between the two stars where the wanderer would pass during the fourteen nights of unity. Strange, Gom murmured, his eye still fixed on the trio. Perilion moves fast to reach the twins in only twenty-six nights, and yet it will stay by them for a whole fourteen days thereafter. Haga looked pleased. That is only one of the mysteries of that star. There are many legends explaining it. One is that Frid and Munia are twin sisters. Perilion, born wanderer, in love with each equally, cannot choose either one over the other. Every seven years, his mind made up at last, he races toward them. The moment he sees them, he's again confused, and so he lingers, unable to choose, unable to break free. So great is his effort to make a choice, the legend goes. Its influence drifts down and permeates the whole world. So if any choice is to be made, any path taken, it should be by Perilion's light during unity. Haga turned to Stormfleet. Are you still inclined, friend? I. She went into the house taking Gom's mended clothes and the sewing gear with her. Gom laid his head on Stormfleet's flank, stroked the shiny coat. Don't look so downcast, the Sito said. It won't be forever. Gom stepped back. How can you be so brave? Stupid is what you're really thinking. Stormfleet swished his tail. I'm neither brave nor stupid. I know. I might not get changed back again. But if I'm to live a halfway decent life, that chance I must take. I can only thank Haga for such an offer. But then, she's a wizard. Gom turned away. He was beginning to see that there was more to sorcery than knowing mixtures and such. One also needed the wisdom and courage to apply them. Having struck the bargain with Stormfleet, she'd made the potion early, giving the Sito plenty of time to reconsider. 
and she hadn't been too squeamish to make it either. Gum hung his head. Presumptuous fool to have judged his mother so, to have judged her at all. The sky was almost dark when Hager held the bowl under Stormfleet's nose. Brr, brr, the Sito involuntarily shied away. Then, snorting, he dunked his nose and drained the bowl. When he'd done, he raised his head, his muzzle dripping. I don't feel different. You won't, not yet. The change will come slowly by starlight whilst you sleep, Hager said. And you'll not endure it alone. Gom and I shall come and keep you company through the night, brave friend. But first, he and I have business between us. <laughs>